You're listening to The Gregular Show with your host, Greg Boyer. Thanks for tuning in to The Gregular Show. This is episode six, and today I have with me a very good man. His name is Daryl Jackson. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing tonight? It is 12 in the morning, Tuesday night. Let's get into it. Let's go. I think it's actually Monday night slash Tuesday morning. That's right. Tuesday night, if you want to call it that, but it's Tuesday night somewhere, right, Greg? I hope so. Somewhere in the world. <laughs> somewhere in the world. They're way ahead of us. Um, so, you are a football man. Love football, love sports, but really love football. Kind of miss it right now since uh, it's the off season. Have you been checking out any of the XFL stuff? No, not really. You know, I save my attention for the best of them. So, yeah. just don't really too much time for the XFL. Kind of really into basketball now as uh, college is really starting to heat up. Getting ready for March Madness here in a few weeks. And um, then the NBA with their playoffs and NHL with the playoffs is usually my one of my favorite times of the year. Who's your team? For football? Uh, any of them. <clears throat> oh, shoot. You know, honestly, I'm more of a fan of a sport than a specific team. I say for football, I'm a New England Patriots fan. For basketball, it's kind of been weird because there's so many player changes, you know, and team changes. So, you know, you have that Miami Heat era and then the Golden State Warrior era. And now I guess we're in a Lakers, Bucks, Clippers era. And so it's just you really don't know who to kind of roll with. I kind of roll with a good story. I mean, obviously – you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. We miss him like crazy, but I, I'd say kind of a push for the Lakers in terms yeah. of that fan base and trying to win it this year for, for the legacy. So I, I'd kind of say I'm pushing for them. But, um, yeah, it's a good time of year. It's a fun time of year. March Madness, yeah. I've never really been into basketball. Like I said in episode one, uh, I love Michael Jordan. And I love Space Jam, the movie. That was one of my favorites growing Classic, up. Classic, man. But I'm so out of touch. I'm like, oh, Bill Murray, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I was always a Jets fan because I love watching people lose. But, uh, you know. Hey, New York football, I mean, Jets, Bills, Giants. I mean, the Giants with those two fluke Super Bowls. But outside of that, I mean, it's pretty been quiet quiet around here. Maybe, you know, the Bills are promising right now with their roster and young team. But, I mean... We'll see if they can uh, stay consistent and, and take a step forward in the progress they've made so far. I'd like to see that. I mean, I'm not a Buffalo guy, but I feel like they really put in uh, a lot in the last two years. Um, I like Tyrod Taylor, but he kind of, I don't know, he wasn't very consistent. I felt no. like they sent him to the Browns. And... Then they, you know, he, they Browns sent him to the Chargers, and now Bills have Josh Allen and seems to be the future. Got a good coach, Sean McDermott. He's been consistent. Roster's been solid. Um, they really, really take a step. You know, a few plays here or there. They, you know, they take out the New England Patriots and win the division this year. But um, you know, Patriots with that experience got it done um, in terms of the division, at least. Um, but for the Bills, I, you know, I tell a lot of a lot of Bills fans, but Bills Mafia, if you're listening right now, shout out um, to the Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia, you know, respect you, and I would say that. You've got to win the division next year. Um, if you can learn anything from the New England Patriots, I mean, if you win the division, 
um, really puts you in a favorable spot to advance the postseason. I mean, if you start at home, don't have to go to someone else's stadium. It's a lot easier. You know, bring them to the, the cold to Buffalo. You know, bring them to your fan. Bring them to you. You know, it's just so much easier than having to travel. And that's the way the NFL works. <clears throat> Winning the division just makes it makes it so much easier to advance. And so, you know, hopefully you guys can do that and make some noise. And I think football, just the football world, NFL world is better when, when Buffalo is better. So we'll see what you guys do next year. Yeah, let's go Buffalo. Um, you do fantasy, right? You're a fantasy guy? Absolutely, through and through. I mean, done everyone. Of course, football is the, the best. Uh, you know, at my job, we were able to get uh, 16 people, which is uh, crazy. And a lot of people are like, I don't know if I want 16 people in there. I'm like, this is going to make it more challenging. It's going to stretch you to kind of learn strategy. more players and, yeah, strategize, you know, what you got to really have to have. You know, there's not, you know, not a wealth of options. You know, you're going to be really stretched thin. So it helps you pay attention, and it was a lot of fun. I, I thought it was a great season, and hopefully we can do it again next year. If uh, you had to pick, like, who's the most consistent fantasy guy for you that you've had the fortune <clears throat> of getting over the years? I'd say that I've really focused on players who I know are going to be healthy. So um, I've always looked at guys and saw, like, you know, who's going to be there for me through thick and thin. So... My first pick this year didn't really work out. I had Tyreek Hill. Um, he's out for – it was in and out of the roster. Um, yeah. We know his talent. I mean, if, if I could do it over again, I would have I would have went with Michael Thomas. Um, that was yes. a mistake on my part. Um, and then I honestly, in a weird way, I could have had Michael Thomas and Derrick Henry. That was dumb on my part. Um, my team still finished well because I managed well. I made some good trades and got in there. But, um, you know, if I had those two guys, I mean, I might have did more. But, like – you want players who you know are going to perform, and they're not going to have lapses week to week. So, and and the key thing, especially when you pick a receiver, you got to go get a consistent quarterback. You know, I mean, like I had Cooper Cup. I think the guy's great, but Jared Goff. I mean, he's good rough. night. I mean, like just was week to week. You just didn't know what that guy was going to do. And if he's off, of course, you know, if your quarterback's off, you know, your receiver's going to be off. So. You know, it's that's the key thing you look for. And then another thing with running backs, like what makes Derrick Henry so valuable. I mean, there's no one comparable to him on the same team. So you want to make sure that you have somebody who is going to have the ball in his hands and uh, make plays and make, give you points. Get the job done. You see that Derrick Henry run, he ran like 90 yards last year? Last yeah, 99 season. yards in one play. And I think he had a couple games where it's like between 100, 250 yards. I mean, that that's... 30 some points. I mean, that's, that's going to win you, win you a week. So going into this 2020 season, you know, I'm going to really do my homework. I showed up to the draft just like, Hey, I know football, I grew up on football and I just pick players. But this year I want to kind of really take some time to kind of see like, all right, who's going to be healthy, valuable, consistent. Of course, there's that player is going to come out of nowhere. Um, the guy who won our league this year, you know, pick Lamar Jackson in the seventh round. I mean, get Lamar Jackson, who end up being the NFL MVP that late, you know, I mean, you, you can stuff your roster with six other p- good players and you get him and that's the difference. So, you know, there's always going to be that surprise. And so, um, but you, you do your best to be consistent and then you just, you just pay attention, you know, and the way my league works is first come first serve, you know, no waiver wire. I think that's total garbage. Um, I reward people who pay attention. Um, so, you know, just make the time to, See who's out there, who's playing well, and if, you know, 
you happen to get lucky and get 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 somebody who's a surprise, it could be the difference in your season. I agree. I agree. I would always go for Michael Thomas. I had him three years in a row, and he was huge. Um, he helped me win last season, um, first place in all three of my leagues. And then uh, Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, he's great too. Texans quarterback. He's been so good. like, and I know that he uh, he tore his ACL two years ago, three years ago, and it was looking rough. But he really has come back from that. The only problem with the Texans is they don't have that offensive line to protect him. Right, and they don't have a coach that has a brain to make smart plays in smart moments. I mean, like nothing against Bill O'Brien personally, but like I was surprised one that he got still has his job. I mean, they had a twenty-four nothing lead in the playoff game. And he makes some just bonehead plays to change the momentum. You know, we knew we know how great the Kansas City Chiefs are, but I mean, if the coach makes some smart plays, um, that could be the difference at least to keep the game close in the second half. But not only does this guy get a uh, keep his job, he gets an extension, and they and they make him the general manager. I'm like, if I'm just Sean Watson, I'm like, <laughs> if it's not for me, this franchise isn't winning much. Right. So I feel bad that not only does he not have the offensive line, but like you have a coach that just doesn't get it done when it really matters and and I think Deshaun Watson like you know like covers a lot of like errors that others make so I feel for the guy I think he's an awesome player I'm just hoping that like the reality of his situation could be seen and they can make the changes before you know his his legs and his ability go but really really great player I like him a lot and hopefully his you know his team can have have a more fortunate run next season shout out to Deshaun Watson yeah I um I find that he has one of those, um, he's just so naturally talented and skilled. Like, and I know that people aren't gunning for him as much as they would be a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson now. Um, so he was pretty easy to get, like, fourth or fifth round. But we have an eight-man league. We do eight-man league. And uh, it's like, so it's always scary because people, we get crazy people who, like, draft in the third round a quarterback. And so it's like, oh, we got to scramble and, you know, figure it out. But uh, I'm obsessed with fantasy football, man. I We started five years ago, and I haven't missed a year since. It's the best. I mean, it's the most popular fantasy sport simply because it's 16 weeks. You just got to prepare for essentially week to week. I mean, I do fantasy baseball. Um, I, I love that personally. It's, it's, it's a good challenge, but it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. Um, one thing I tell people about fantasy baseball is your roster that you draft in April is going to look very different in September, which is usually the fantasy baseball playoffs. So, like, you have to be really aware of the fact that, like, teams make a lot of changes in September. Teams who make the postseason rest their players. Teams who are not making the postseason sit their players and then they – bring farm club players in and you got to look at these farm club players and it's uh it's a lot of a lot of work i like it personally but it, it's a challenge basketball it, it's it's the same thing in hockey it's just you just got to keep an eye for players who are healthy you got to make sure that the key thing with those those sports is just have a live body on the floor don't if you have somebody who has who's injured or who's sitting a game just just be alert for that because those that's the difference and uh, but football, I feel is just it's just easier to manage. You have to manage sixteen games. You don't have to manage eighty-two. You don't have to manage one hundred sixty-two. Right, like uh, working, it's so hard to yeah balance that exactly. And it's just one of those things. I mean, I just have you know I've just been doing it for so many years, kind of like you as a fantasy junkie. So like 
I'm always like, at the end of the day, it's kind of like checking your email or checking your Instagram or checking your Facebook and check my fantasy team, see how do we did today? Who's playing tomorrow? You know, so that's kind of how I do it in the summer. It's kind of fun, but they're all different, but fantasy football is king. Yeah, I love fantasy football. Speaking of football, what's your favorite football film of all time? Ooh, that's a that's a good one because there's a lot of a lot of good ones out there. Like, of course, remember the Titans. There's Woodlawn, Facing the Giants. I'd say that's definitely top three, um, just because of the different stories kind of taught in each one. Of course, Rudy's another great one as well. Little Giants. That's the one I grew up on. So just kind of adding to ones that are kind of coming to my mind just uh each story is so different you see you know racial reconciliation you see family reconciliation you see you know a couple who can't have children you know finally be able to you know pray to god and receive a child you see somebody who's handicapped you know be able to be accepted and have friends and and, and live a good life amongst everyone else um so so, so many good movies. Little Giants kind of was the one I grew up on as a kid, you know, just kind of showing the fact that, you know, kind of rooting for the underdog, you know, the kids who who didn't have an opportunity, you know, the respect for women, you know, that girl who played. Um, so, you know, things like that, that, that really made it really special. So, yeah, those are films that really resonate with me and um, love to watch. Excellent. Yeah, I, we love Rick Moranis over at the regular show. He was so good. Um, I guess he's coming back for another Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. There we go, man. I'd love to see him because, yeah, he hasn't been in anything in a while. Uh, personally, my favorite is Any Given Sunday. Okay, yeah. I loved that. Um, it was a little long for my taste. I just, uh, it was like two and a half hours. But it's it's a pretty epic movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really, really good, really good choice as well. Yeah, Jerry Maguire, too. We just watched that the other day. Okay. Brennan and I. Uh, of course, everybody, you know, I think the funniest one, I would say, is Longest Yard. I mean, anything you got Adam yes. Sandler in is just a um, silly water boy. You know, just movies like that that just uh, have you laughing for just uh, silly stuff that goes on. But, um, yeah. That was a fun one. Uh, and so many wrestlers are in that. You into wrestling at all? A little bit. A little bit. I love professional wrestling. I, you know, I know people say it's a pretend or whatever, but... I mean... Just... You don't get jet jacked for nothing, you know. They do work. It's yeah. an entertainment business more than anything. Yeah. You know, there they're not trying to like break each other's jaw and uh, give each other cauliflower ear. There they're like, you know, it's more entertainment, more for kids, more for more family friendly. You're not seeing somebody like get bloodied on a mat. Yeah. That's the difference. So. I love it. Um, speaking of comedy films, what's your favorite all-time comedy <clears throat> movie? Comedy movie. Oh my goodness, man! Um, so many good, good ones out there that just have me rolling. Um, the American Pie series is hilarious. Um, Billy Madison is hilarious. Um, I'd say a Mrs. Doubtfire is one I grew up on, just because I thought that was just kind of a stupid, funny concept that I really enjoy watching. Um, strangely enough, Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, if you like dry weird this doesn't make sense this isn't normal life but yet this movie is happening kind of comedy it just makes you it just, you just enjoy it um anything kevin hart is in i think is cool jumanji was a good film i really enjoyed that uh, so wow um a lot of good ones that i enjoyed growing up 
those are the ones coming to me. If, if anything comes to my mind, I'll let you know. But um, those are the ones that kind of kind of come off the top of my mind right now. For sure, I uh, I'm a Borat junkie. I okay. watched I watched Borat every single night in my room for a full year from uh, freshman to sophomore year in high school. Gotcha. And so I had the first like 20 minutes memorized of that movie, and I just recite it in the school. People would say, "Shut up!" But you know. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Everybody has their way of going about things. Um, you know, I, I'd say a lot of Will Ferrell movies are hilarious. Anchorman, I'd say that's got to be top five because he's just stupid funny in that. And he's so good uh, with character work. Yeah. He, he just immerses himself in every character he plays. And you're like, how does he do it? He just one of the best ever, ever act. And uh guy is hilarious. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Jim Carrey because I love Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I don't know if we're talking about video games. Like, of course, Mario Brothers is the king in terms of like something that's like generation to generation. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up on Mario Brothers. And now, you know, my friend's kids are like growing up on Mario Brothers. So Sonic the Hedgehog was kind of like that dark horse. Yeah. But like I tell everybody, like the gameplay was just so much fun. And it wasn't like like Mario Brothers. Like now, I, I play it back, and I'm like, if you don't have a mushroom, you're you're done. And and there, it's like Sonic. As long as you can just have at least one ring and keep the game going. But it was just faster, and you know something about rolling into a ball and moving at the speed of light, and these power ups, and you're you're all over the place. And it, it just I felt the the color and the graphics were great. But speaking about the movie, um, Jim Carrey, man, just just keeps that movie alive. You know, because Sonic, I thought the the character was really good. I thought it was well done, well presented. But Jim Carrey, like playing Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik, whatever you call him, um, just does a really good job of not just being this like this creepy mad scientist, but almost kind of like this funny mad scientist. And, you know, Jim Carrey almost bringing his character into the, the, the movie kind of makes it something that like kids will not be freaked out about, like going to sleep, like wondering if this weird <laughs> doctor is in their closet and going to like creep them out in their sleeps it, it, it's like no this guy's actually funny so it's kind of like this cool theme of sonic and his coolness and then jim carrey and his funniness kind of like battling so it, it's i just took one of my friend's son out to see the movie and we had a blast and we can't wait for the sequel to come out whenever it does so yeah. i tell everybody um if you have a kid and they want to go see sonic the hedgehog do it Take them to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Support your film industry, folks. Um, we got to check that one out soon. Yeah, Brendan and I have been talking about it for the last couple of days. Um, probably go on a day off or something. Um, what's your all-time favorite Jim Carrey film? Ace Ventura. I think he was amazing. Um, it's Ace Ventura. I thought that. And the authors of The Mask. I really like that as well. Um, kind of biased. I mean, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the slight edge to... The mask, simply because Cameron Diaz is in it. Oh yeah, and she's stunning. So that she's gets so cake. young in that. She yeah, was like that, that was like her breakout film, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That's when I like. That's when I at least first noticed her. I was in like fourth grade, and I was like, she's fine. So, um, really enjoyed that and thought it was cool. Yeah, mine is. Uh, it's a little out of left field. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay, there you go. It's, it's definitely not funny, but. Uh, that film resonates with me so much, and I the first time I saw it, I had gone through a few bad breakups, and man, that film just floored me. Kind of like gave you a little, um, almost like some life, some hope. Yeah, it just, 
like I put myself in his shoes throughout the whole thing. I'm like, oh my god, it's just killing me. Like it was, it was very powerful. Probably the most powerful film I've ever seen in my life. Well, that's good stuff, man. But uh, that's probably my favorite all time. That and Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, Dumb and Dumber was great. Um, it, it, yeah, they should have never made Dumb and Dumber. How you gonna make a How you gonna make a sequel without the best actor in the original? Right. Like they always say, the sequel is never good as the original. Well, no crap if you take the best actor from the original. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Let's not forget, Dumb and Dumber was a pretty spectacular movie. That's like my all-time uh, favorite comedy, uh, Jim Carrey. I'd say. But he's he's one of those guys that he can do it all. He can do drama. He can do series. He can do comedy. He can do. He did horror. He did that number twenty-three film, which uh, that was pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he definitely has a look for that, and he I could see him getting into that character. But it's just like certain guys just I mean just every actor. Like, I mean I'm sure like the best of the best can do anything, but there's certain things that's like where like this is your forte. Yeah. You know you look at a guy like Jim Carrey. You look at a guy like Will Ferrell. Robin Williams, rest in peace. Like certain guys like that are just built for being funny. Um, Kevin Hart, you know, built for being funny. Um, you put him in serious roles, it's like this is weird. Even Steve Steve Carroll, like yeah. you know, from um, The Office, and he did some films. It's like you are a funny guy. Stay funny, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I look forward to seeing you. Is because I know you know you know how to make everybody laugh because it's just so natural. Right. So try yeah. to keep it that way. You, did you like The Office? You an office Love guy? The Office. Um, yeah, because I, I I went to college and right outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. So oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, in the mid two thousands, and that was you know when The Office was really really kicking off, and you know it was just kind of fun to be able to like pride myself saying, hey, you know, I went to the, you know, I went to school in the town where The Office you know was, and I know where Steamtown Mall is, and I can show you the Dunder Mifflin office in the on the second floor, and people are like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, it's really real. But uh, it's one of that, it's just that humor that just makes you think like, there's no way people are actually working and coexisting like this. And then you try to like kind of do that with your own coworkers and friends, and it's just kind of funny. But yeah, really, really cool show. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Speaking of shows, um, let's get into cartoons. Sounds great. Um, we're going to do our top 10 favorite cartoons of all time growing up. Um, and I always like to let the guests start, um, with their number 10. If you had any honorable mentions, that's okay too. If there's any that you just missed the list, uh, I don't have any personally, but, um, I'll probably get a lot of heat for the ones I left off, but it's, you know, personal preference. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of here to give top 10 of my top 10 favorite cartoons growing up. And I say this, I say like... I probably stopped watching cartoons like once I got into middle school. Yeah, I started having less time. You know, family found a new church, and then I had friends, and I was at youth group, and then I started playing sports, and I just didn't have much time. But prior to that, I was in this cartoon video game world from like, I don't know, anywhere between like first grade and fifth grade. And it sure. was like a great time of life, like the early 90s. I'm telling everybody my age now. <laughs> but like, yeah, between like 1990 and 1995 were like what I call like the golden years, you know? Yes. And it was just like, I was a kid and, you know, it was just 
boundless energy and no responsibility. And it was just all about school, of course, and then video games and then cartoons and then weekends and rollerblading and snacks and going to McDonald's and getting a value meal for two ninety nine, which you can't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then chilling with your buddies and sleepovers and video games and the cartoons I'm about to tell you about. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so what's your number 10? So number 10, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, that's a classic. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Now, I can't tell you too much about that. All I remember is that a really catchy opening song. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Chippendale. And so I used to, I used to look forward to that, you know, and... um. I, the craziest thing about that show was like it used to come on at like six in the morning, and I'd remember like I can never do that anymore. But like waking up, trying to like purposely wake up to watch a cartoon. Right. <laughs> you know, now as adults, if anything, we we watch cartoons going to sleep. Yeah. But then when you're a kid, you like wake up early to like make breakfast and watch cartoons. Like that was a thing. It was the experience. It was like the experience. It's like. I've just went through a long week. It's Saturday morning. I'm supposed to sleep in, but no, I got to watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers at six in the morning. That's priority TV. (laughs) That's priority TV. So like it had to happen, you know? So mom, you know, like, let's just make sure we know that that's going to happen. So do you have any favorite memories associated with Chippendale Rescue Rangers? One specific memory with this was, um, how sad I was when I missed an episode. I think yes. it was like I missed an episode because it was daylight savings time. And I didn't realize that. Oh, man. So the time was, I think it was spring and, the, and we're springing an hour ahead. So six o'clock was seven. I didn't realize that. And I turned the TV on to the credits and I was like devastated. Oh, no. So I was like, I missed this episode. And, you know, it's not like I can watch it on YouTube because in 19, like, 90. To 1995, we didn't we didn't have those technological advantages, so it wasn't like I could just watch it. So it's kind of one of those deals where you do you just have to hope to get lucky and catch a rerun and then like record it on your VCR. You'd be like checking the TV Guide magazine. Yeah, like literally, you'd check the TV Guide magazine to just see if you can make up lost time. So I just remember that, and uh, but other than that, that was like one of my favorite morning shows. Oh yeah. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, for me, number 10 was Cat Dog. Okay. Cat Dog. Do you remember Cat Dog? I don't. Tell me about Cat Dog. So, Cat Dog was basically this like crazy cartoon from Nickelodeon. Uh, it came out in like 98, 99, and it had the best song of all time. Uh, I say that about everything, but it's like Cat Dog, Cat Dog. Oh, it was just kind of silly like that. Yeah, it was very goofy and. Uh, so, like, the cat and the dog are attached to each other, you know, at the half. And so one end is a dog head, one end is a cat head. Wow. And they lived in this, like, fish bone house. One half was a fish, one half was a bone. And it was great. Like, cat was the very sophisticated. Um, he was tired of the dog's antics. And dog was just this crazy dog who chased the mailman, chased the garbage truck, get into all sorts of trouble. And they basically had to uh, deal with this rabbit who, like, was the Mr. Burns uh, like from The Simpsons. He was the guy who was just always trying to run their lives and, you know, bring the cat dog down. But uh, that was such a good show. I remember growing up, I was, like, five when it came on. Wow. And, uh, but 
I have nine other shows that I, I liked a lot more than that one. But there's there will always be a special place in my heart uh, for Cat Dog. That's great, man. Good stuff. Yeah, my favorite episode, I think, was one where it was basically they had um, these bone treats for the animals. And it was like prohibition times. And they couldn't have the bone, so they had to have like a speakeasy in their house. So people would come into the dog and be like, what's the password? Tell them cat dog sent you or whatever. And then they'd get in and they'd get their bones. Interesting. That's good stuff, man. I'm going to have to like YouTube that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what's your number nine? Number nine comes with my favorite theme song to a, uh, a cartoon. All right. I'm going to let you guys guess what it is. It's real smooth, real slick. Got a jazz flair. None other than the Pink Panther. Love the Pink Panther. Henry Mancini. He's the one, man. That's, the That's it. You know anybody who can play, like, play the sax like this? No, I don't. So, yeah. Pink Panther was just one of those interesting characters because he just doesn't talk. And um, he, <laughs> or doesn't talk much. And he was just, it was like he was, everything was black and white. He was color. He was there saving the day. And um, just enjoyed his sleek character. Always had that smile. Um, just was kind of fun to watch. He always had that arch nemesis, right? Yeah, always had that arch nemesis. Was trying to shut him down, right. um, but he always managed, yeah. you know, to get out of harm's way and save the day. Um, I have a big pink panther head, like uh, like a mascot head, like sitting in my storage unit right now. So oh, I use it from awesome. time to time for fun. You know, when I get together with kids or with people, you know, we have fun with it. Uh, most sure. kids these days don't know what pink panther is, but you know, it gives me an opportunity to educate them on. A great cartoon of the past, something to watch, something I watched as a kid, as a classic, and um, got to make it happen. So there you go. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Pink Panther. Um, my grandmother, she loved the Pink Panther cartoons. Anytime she'd come over to the house and like babysit my brother or whatever, she'd be like, "Ah, oh, do you have that Pink Panther show on?" And because we had the DVDs of the old cartoons, and so we'd put those on for her. And yeah, it's just it's such a nice memory. Uh, Pink Panther, that was a that was a great cartoon. Oh, for sure. Um, my number nine was The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. There you go. You ever see that movie? I have anything. It's been a while. Jimmy Neutron? Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, he was like the smartest kid in school, and he had all these uh, inventions, and he had a dog named Goddard that was like a robot dog, and it, it was just so great. Um, he had two friends, Carl and Sheen, um, and it's funny... Uh, it would just go on all sorts of hijinks. Usually Jimmy's inventions would backfire and put him in a situation that he'd have to solve. And uh, my favorite all-time episode was one called Robot. It was one of the earlier ones where Jimmy was sad because he was a lonely, like an only child. And so he invented this robot to like hang out with him and be his little brother. And much to his chagrin, uh, the kid's like just really annoying and nonstop like, on him all the time so he's like oh, we got to play this game called one way he's like how do you play he's like you get on this bus and you go one way 
And so he sends the robot away, and then the robot somehow finds his way back to Jimmy's house, and it's just great. Yes, that sounds fun. Um, but yeah, that, a lot of memories there. That was I was probably nine, nine or ten when that came out. And uh, so after school, we'd come home, and my dad he loved Jimmy Neutron. He, that was one of his favorites. Uh, what's your number eight? Number eight is a kid-friendly favorite, at least for me. It was the Rugrats. Yes. Uh, Rugrats, just like a story like four kids growing up together. Um, I, I think Chucky's my favorite character just because of his glasses. So it's like when you'd go to, at least for me, like when I got my first pair of glasses, I'm like, yo, I want Chucky glasses. I want yeah. those square glasses so I can look like Chucky. I, mean, I don't have the hair. You know, I don't think I can. I don't think I get the orange hair going. I don't think my mom will allow me to do that. But maybe we can. Maybe we can pull the Chucky glasses. Right. So it's kind of a cool thing to do. You know, it's just like I, ne- I, ne- I never had an older sister. I've had a few friends or girls or older, so I kind of consider them older sister. But you kind of like had that Angelica character. Oh yeah. That was just kind of like trying to like bully you or just try to take advantage of you or kind of be like a second mom, which of course no one wants. No. You know, you barely want a first mom. I mean, you love your mom, but you just don't want like just like a mom like hovering over you and watching everything you do and telling you what to do and you want another one of those um so i'm blessed like you know i didn't have an older sister like to do that and then you know just kind of reporting everything but um you have tommy and lillian and Susie and the other characters that that kind of made the show fun to watch and it was just you know kids growing up learning to just live life together and have fun so really uh really enjoyed that from time to time do you have an all-time favorite episode not really, not really that I can really remember in terms of just um, the show, but um, just kind of remember it as a whole. My favorite all-time episode of the Rugrats is the one where Angelica um, fakes a broken leg so that she can get all these favors and treats from Uncle Stu and Aunt Dee Dee, and she's just a pain in their ass. She's constantly buzzing, and like they give her a buzzer because she's lying in the bed. She's like, oh, it hurts, you know, and so she's like, Uncle Stu, I want to watch TV. He's like, we don't have a TV for upstairs. She's like, I know. So yeah. he's lugging the TV up the stairs. And she's like, Aunt Dee Dee, I want juice. And she's like, okay. She brings the juice back. She's like, this juice isn't cold enough. Just all kinds of stuff. But the best part of the episode, it's like 3 in the morning. And she buzzes him. And she's like, Uncle Stu. He's like, what is it, Angelica? She's like, I want chocolate pudding. I'm hungry. He's like, we don't have chocolate pudding like well can you go get some yeah so it cuts and he's at the gas station the guy's like we're all out of the ready-made stuff but we've got pudding mix and then it cuts and Stu's making chocolate pudding at four in the morning and Dee Dee comes in and she's like what are you doing Stu it's four in the morning he's like it's I'm making chocolate pudding he's like why on earth are you making chocolate pudding at four in the morning because I've lost control of my life and he brings the chocolate pudding into Angelica she's watching tv and he's like here's your pudding and she says that's okay Uncle Stu I'm not hungry anymore and it cuts to his face, and he's just like, he's he's lost it. And it cuts to outside of the house, and he screams. He looks at this blood-curdling scream. And having, you know, nieces and dealing with kids, I've I've gone through that. I've felt that before. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, that's my all-time favorite episode of The Rugrats. Um, let's see here. My number eight was King of the Hill. That's a good choice. Yeah, King of the Hill, I just, I found like it was very, um, of course when I was a kid I didn't really understand the concept, 
as much. I just thought Hank was a funny guy. He was so straight-laced, and uh, he was always, like, he'd always get worried about things, like the way people were acting. Or, you know, he'd always go, oh! Yeah. God dang it, Bobby. And all that stuff. Basically sounds just like him. Thank you. I, I work on my impressions all the time. But uh, uh, What was a favorite episode of yours from King of the Hill? King of the Hill, I'd say the one where um, Bobby learns self-defense, but he, he doesn't learn self-defense like a karate class. He goes to a woman's self-defense program where they basically teach him to kick in the groin area. And um, so he would just shout, I don't know you. That's my purse. And then he'd kick somebody in the groin. And uh, that's one of the funnier episodes, I'd say. Good stuff, man. That's number six. Uh, what's so we just went through seven? eight, and then seven now is uh, Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. So um, just a almost like a cartoon version of two animals essentially be, being dumb and dumber. That's kind of like, it's kind of like a, I think like there's also Pinky in the Brain. It's just these, these kind of combinations of like a really smart, obsessed character, and then this really like nice, naive like close-minded imbecile essentially <laughs> usually gets the better of the other guy yeah like, it, it, exactly so you know Ren and Stimpy was kind of that and uh, I always kind of thought it was funny um, not in like particular episodes like I, I would just say it was just the, the, the line where it was kind of like you know Ren would always just uh, like get really angry and like his like all his veins would like go crazy like pop in his head like he's almost gonna explode and then he'd be like stimpy you idiot <laughs> and I, that line just stays with me forever so i thought that was uh always kind of fun to see and that was a silly one that's like one of the silliest cartoons of all time you know uh just the random stuff like don't take a whiz on the electric fence you know they'd have like commercials for that log everybody loves log Stuff like that. I loved it. But it, it didn't make my top ten list. It just missed it. Gotcha. So it's one of like your honorable mentions. Yeah. Got it. Got I it. got into it later in life because my parents, well, my mom, she thought it was stupid. She'd just be like, eh, I don't like Ren and Stimpy. It's stupid. So we wouldn't watch Ren and Stimpy. Pretty much was stupid, honestly. But if you yeah. just kind of needed like a stupid break and just wanted to watch something funny of like one friend getting angry at another friend for being stupid and not understanding common sense to fix everyday issues. It was the perfect show for you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, What was your uh, number seven? Dexter's Lab. You remember Dexter's Lab? I do remember Dexter's Lab. A little bit. I mean, a little bit. That was kind of like my transition out of cartoons, but I still understood what it was a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, he was was great. Uh, he He was like the Jimmy Neutron before Jimmy Neutron. But his parents didn't know he had a secret lab. Which, how the hell do you not know that? Like, his electric bill must have been nuts. Yeah, like, at some point you'd figure, like, something's up. Something's going on. Yeah. And you're like, why? What are you doing? Right. Why is my electric bill $9,000? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was good. It was good. He had a sister, Dee Dee, who's always a pain in his ass. And she'd always be like... 
la 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 checking out his zebra and he's like get away go away i don't want to deal with you and um i just there was one episode uh particular picture day and he wanted to look like a model or something like that he because he's like i don't like the way i look so he goes through all these transformations um and he turns into like this stud like this model looking dude and by the time picture day comes um his face like melts whatever he had he went through some like surgery or something and um at the end of it they say oh you blinked but it, the picture just shows his like all melty face and that's one of my favorites that's funny um let's see here number six okay so number six here is it, it, i know this is gonna sound interesting but this is actually a tie we're talking about two different families, okay? Two cartoon families growing up. Seventy stuff that you know, probably like my dad watched and then passed down to me was the Jetsons and the Flintstones. Yes. Now, the Jetsons. I remember. Okay, this is where this is this is where the Jetsons come into play. Okay, I remember. I think I was in like, gosh, I think I was like in fourth grade. My brother was like in kindergarten and my brother just had always had a knack for picking things that eventually became like my favorites in a weird way whether that's food or cartoons or music or whatever he it was like my parents would give me a choice of something and give him a choice and then his choice ended up being like more of a favor for my choice so his cartoon choice that is my, my parents said you can get a half an hour to watch one show and i'd get half an hour to watch another show but together we, you know, like we could watch our shows together. But like I would get a choice, and he would get a choice. So his choice ended up being my number three, oh. ironically, which we're gonna get to that in a little bit. Sure. But uh, my choice was the Jetsons, just because I like the space concept of like this family and space and and fixing. And I always had this fascination with like this outer world. So things like in space would always be like really cool for me because I love spaceships and I love the fact that you're not in gravity or speed of light and there's ufos and there's stars and universe and other planets and all that kind of thing so that's why i really like the jetsons growing up and then the flintstones of course uh, i want to also give out the shout out to my favorite cereal growing up which was fruity pebbles oh yeah you know cocoa pebbles and fruity pebbles i mean just like whenever like mom and dad would buy that which was not often it was like i, I must have did something right i must have got like all a's in my Report card, and then I come home, and there's a box of Fruity Pebbles in the cereal cupboard, and I was like, yes. So it was kind of like motivation, but like the Flintstones were kind of like the uh, like the promoters of that. So it was kind of like, you know, you just love the kind of like the prehistoric era of these characters, you know. And I and I always thought it was cool that uh, little car that they had use their feet so you kind of like try to create one of those yourself you know you're like let me see if i can get like tires and a couple like old benches and tear them up and build this like flintstone wagon and let's go down the street and in our bare feet and and get four of us to like move this thing down and you kind of get that idea it was it was kind of cool so uh i guess my favorite uh character out of it was bam bam because he just takes this giant chiseled rock and just beats everybody with it yeah <laughs> like how does this baby have so much strength but better stay out of his way other than that, i'm gonna get hurt but uh yeah really just enjoyed the uh and of course dino the uh dinosaur the purple dinosaur it was like 
like I the would, family dog. Yeah, you're almost kind of like, yo, can I get one of those? You know what I mean? Like, it's cool to have a dog or a cat, but, you know, how about I get a dinosaur that's, like, friendly and right. goes with me everywhere? And, the but, original uh, purple dinosaur. The original before purple Barney. dinosaur before Barney. You know, like I said, I mean, you know, Barney and his theme song, all that, and that's cool, but, but Dino was the original, man, so. Did you uh, ever see the live-action movie? If anything, it was years ago, but um, I need to go see those again. The Flintstones live movies? Yeah. Um, I really like the sequel. Well, it was the prequel, Viva Rock Vegas. And okay. It's got... Um, it's all of them before they met each other and all that stuff. And Brendan and I just watched it like two, three weeks ago. Uh, he had never seen it. And he loved it. He ate it up. And I, I really liked it. I have that nostalgia with it. Oh, sure. But... Um, yeah, that those are classics. Definitely, definitely. What about you, my friend? What you got at number six? Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern. That's a Nickelodeon Life. favorite for sure, man. Every every time that was on, and like I didn't understand the jokes and you know all the adult humor and whatever, but as a kid, I just I really loved the um, the dynamic with with Rocco the Wallaby and Heifer the Cow and. Uh, Philbert the turtle, who had like social anxiety, and he was always getting nauseous and hiding in his shell. And uh, Rocco was kind of just like the level head, trying to deal with all the wackiness. And he had the jerks neighbors there, Ed and Bev, Big Head the frogs. And I just, I really loved it. Spunky the dog, and that was a classic. We watched that all the time. Um, and then they took it off Nickelodeon. You know, I was heartbroken. Uh, it's too bad. I mean, yeah, the B fifty twos did the uh, theme song for that one. Got it. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. We love the B fifty twos at the regular show. They're very strange, but they make some good music. Yeah, and that good music always enhances everything, right? That's so, right. Good stuff, man. Um, what's your number five? Okay, now we're cracking into the top five. Okay, top these, five. Are, these are the these are the good ones. These are the ones I really liked. This is um. An oldie but a goodie. Tom and Jerry. Yes. Tom and Jerry. Nothing like seeing a cat run around chasing a mouse. And um, in a weird way, I was always like, I was always like rooting for, for Tom to catch Jerry. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You're the bigger, faster, more ferocious creature. But he, Jerry was just always a little smarter, a little mm. more savvy, a little bit, a little bit more prepared. For the challenge at hand, um, fate just kind of always worked a little bit more in his favor. But it was just always like curious. Like every episode, you just you you just thought this this is the episode when Tom's gonna get his break, and he never He's, did. This could be it, and he never did. He never did. He never did. He he, uh, he always survived whatever. Well, Jerry always survived whatever Tom was doing to Jerry. And then ironically, also Tom always also survived everything that Jerry kind of did in retaliation. So it's like they both were kind of like immutable to a degree so um but uh it was it was just uh, always kind of fun to watch and um even when i play kids games today when i divide teams you know i have the toms and i have the jerry's you know and, oh, that's uh, good. most kids have no idea what's going on but i'm thinking <laughs> it's just cool to like you you're you know you guys are the cats and you guys are the mice um which there is a good game by the way like if you ever you know got a group of children a group of teenagers and you're looking for like a group game play cat and the mouse and um i'll show you later in the show how you can get a hold of me and we can talk about that game because that is a it's a great game it's a lot of fun a lot of strategy and it's uh 
you know, if you're talking about something you want, like recreation, and what, you know, you got a lot of kids that are just have a bunch of energy, and you're like, these kids are out of control. Play cat and the mouse for like an hour, and everybody will be like, ready to go. Ready to go, and yeah, to chill and do whatever you ask them to do. Excellent. Um, Number five for you, my friend. Did you know that Tom and Jerry was the original name of uh, Simon and Garfunkel? That's what they wanted to call themselves. They wanted to call themselves Tom and Jerry before they called themselves Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. But it, it worked for them because, you know, Simon and Gar- I mean, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. I great. saw their exhibit. I was like, wow, these guys made it in too. So I guess whatever name they decided to go with didn't matter because uh, they're Hall of Famers. That's right. Do you have a personal favorite Simon and Garfunkel song? Not really. Okay. Well, um, not really. It's 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 not really my style, but it's it's good stuff. What do, what do you like? I uh, I'm always torn between the sound of silence and uh, bridge over troubled water. Okay. I love bridge over troubled water. That's good stuff, man. Um, number five for me was Doug. Doug. Remember Doug? Doug. Okay. Doug was this like stereotypical twelve-year-old kid living his life, going to school. His best friend Skeeter, uh, he had like just moved to the town in the first episode. He uh, had a crush, Patty Mayonnaise, and he had a crazy neighbor, Bud Dink, who uh, had everything was very expensive. I guess he was rich or something, but um, his dog Pork Chop. And that was a great, great show. Like, uh, always something, always something. He had a bully, Roger, who uh, would always try to get the best of him, but usually his plans would blow up in his face. Um, He always would write in a journal, and and he loved the Beats, which I think was like a Beatles knockoff. I always thought that was funny. But... uh, yeah, Doug. A lot of lot of fond memories with watching Doug at after school. You know, usually it would come out at like seven o'clock at night. You watch that. Doug is like more. a kid you root for. Yeah, Doug was, was the like every heart. Yeah, you just feel like you know, you want Doug to succeed, and um, yeah, he stays with 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 you in, in that way. Yeah, he was a good guy. You know, very virtuous, and uh, he made his mistakes. He made his mistakes like everybody does, but. But he'd always own up to him. He had a lot of integrity. Yeah, he had that humility, that integrity. For sure, my friend. Um, number four. Number four uh, would definitely be the Simpsons, man. Um, yes. You know, this is this was like a stretch, um, but uh, like for me to watch, and just because some of the content. But I thought I thought overall it was, was 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 cool. It was just fun. It was just a family. It was like a family that uh, kind of had like. A, some dysfunction, but some unity. It was like they had dysfunction, but unity at the same time. I think it's got to go down as one of the more one of the more successful cartoons of all time. I mean, if you can last over ten years, you're considered gold. And I mean, these guys made it thirty years. In fact, I was Bart Simpson for Halloween this past year. You know, kind of mm-hmm. honoring the thirty year mark of the show. You know, <laughs> starting in nineteen ninety nine, so nineteen eighty nine rather. Uh, you know, Matt Groening. I think that's you know his, his greatest work of art, and. Um, I enjoyed the show because, like, it it changed theme throughout, you know, when it first started. I, I felt like it was a very Bart-based show when it first got going, and then it switched to a Homer-based show, and I think that actually worked. Um, once they kind of brought Homer's character into, like, a more of a funny, like, warm, welcoming 
type of character that you kind of like embraced a little bit more. I felt like that's when I started liking the show a lot. Um, because of course I like Bart, but like Homer to me is just like I like I like his character a lot. Uh, I think he's funny, he's sarcastic, he's uh, he's he's a loving dad. He just kind of just doesn't exactly know how to lead his family, but he tries his best. Right. And um, you know, he just tries his best to be a, a good friend and a, and a good community family man. And he always just runs into some sort of like dysfunction or just error or whatever. He's always, but he's always doing his best to clean things right, make things right. And um, you know, of course, the kids and, and Marge, you know, his supporting wife. But um, I always uh, enjoyed watching that. Yeah. Uh, do you have a personal favorite episode? Personal favorite episode is when when Homer made friends with the bear. When like he was like deserted and went on his camping trip and ran into this bear and it was like uh, this bear like shredded him like shredded his back but like he was bleeding all over the place but then it's like he realized like okay if I'm angry at this bear or if I'm if I try to hurt this bear or try to set this bear up for trouble like it's only gonna it's gonna make things worse right so he found a way to befriend the bear and then when like everybody came to like his Homer's rescue they tried to kill the bear and then he was like no 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 don't kill this bear it's actually a good bear and um. So it kind of saved the bear's life. So the bear like saved his life, and then he saved the bear's life, and then he uh, went home, and everything kind of went back to normal. But I thought it was kind of like that cool human versus you know an animal bonding over a misunderstanding, and then kind of everything goes back to normal. So it, that's why I try to tell everybody with the Simpsons. I mean, like I know a lot of people is like, oh, you know, especially conservative families, like, oh, you know, don't watch this and the content. But there's actually a lot of good themes in the Simpsons. There's a lot of good things you can learn from, and uh, there's a lot of good human touching sides. I mean, I've had episodes where I've kind of teared a couple times. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> it's supposed to be funny, yeah. But like, there are really some touching moments, and um, overall, it's just a has a lot of has a lot of good balance to it. It's yeah, it's. It's actually on my list too. I'll talk about it a little bit after, but um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that when I get to. Mm-hmm. But um, my number four is Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Yeah, Hey Arnold, man. He was like Doug. He was the guy that everybody rooted for. You know, he was the kid where, like we said, you know, he made some mistakes, but he always owned up to his stuff. He was never one to like throw others under the bus or you know take the easy way out. He was a real young man, and uh, you know he had his Helga, the girl who was always crushing on him, and she had like her secret uh, shrine dedicated to him, which I always thought was funny. But um, I loved the stuff where he would. Uh, he had this like old singer Frank Sinatra type, Dino Spumoni, and uh, Dino Spumoni. He was in a few episodes, and he always write these songs, these original songs, and. There was one that, uh, it was really sad. Like, Dino Spumoni felt like he was a washed-up guy. And, um, so for the kids, like, show, he did a show at the kids' school. He's like, I'm quitting. I wasn't good enough. I, it's my last bow. And he just leaves on that note. And all the kids are, like, really down. And, uh, of course, they fix it at the end of the episode, and he's happy again. But I always was, you know, I loved that character. Yeah, for sure, man. That seems like you like guys like that, and you know, it helps you be who you are too, which is great. So, good stuff, man. Top three. All right, now we're getting into some of the favorites here, man. Some of the real, real favorites. The top three. So, I'd say at number three was was my brother's 
favorite as a kid, which ended up becoming one of my favorites, which was Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Captain Planet. He's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. I mean, that stuff got it like in your head, man. Yeah. Um, so it was cool because you had five different teenagers from all over the world and it was kind of like and cap it was just kind of like this it was so what kind of made the kind of the show kind of cool was like okay this is action and animated but it's also kind of serves a purpose to kind of like keep the planet clean and kind of keep the you know like you don't think about pollution how it affects the earth that we live in that we're blessed to live in and, and so it's kind of like a constructive cartoon you know and um what I loved about it was you had five different purposes, you know, five kids with five different purposes and powers. And they all had powers to, to do different, different things. You had earth, wind, fire, water, and heart, which is kind of cool. Um, cause it's, it takes all of that to have a healthy, clean planet. You know, you got the clean earth, you need clean water, you know, you need fire for things, you need wind for things and then you need of course heart you know because it's the heart of the matter and then when they all kind of come together you have captain plan and kind of like kind of it's like the superman to come to save the day so right. i thought that was kind of cool i don't think they had figurines action figurines not that i recall because i tried to always if i had a cartoon i like i want to get like a figurine for it so it was kind of like it was like a physical evidence of that show like in my room somewhere yeah I don't remember Captain Planet having that, but I just kind of love the color and the themes of like when they when they would use whatever their power is to save the day on a certain particular thing, and then when they couldn't do it individually, they had to come together, and here was Captain Planet. Yeah, and, you know, he teaches kids great lessons. Uh, there's, you know, it's entertaining <clears throat> as a cartoon, but there's also something to gain from it. You know, exactly. Personal life, and I feel like we don't have enough of that nowadays. No, no, exactly. And that's why I try to tell people, especially with kids, because I work with kids. That's kind of like my career, and that's what you know, my future. I try to say, you know, you want to have a balance when you're when you're teaching and growing a kid up. Like you want to have the fun aspect because they're, you know, they're, you want them to enjoy that short period of time in their life where like life is just fun. Like you don't have responsibility, but you're growing and you're learning. So you want to have a combination of fun and also like learning things, because you know we don't realize like the power of a kid's mind and like what they're observing and what they're gaining. So you want to make sure that it's not just all sugar and entertainment and just stupidity, but it's also, it also serves a purpose of like learning the values of like keeping things clean, like throwing your trash in the trash can, throwing recycle in the recycle and taking the recycle out and like, you know, cleaning up after yourselves and, and, you know, making the world that we are blessed to live in better. I'll tell you, I drive down the roads, and I think a lot more people should have watched Captain Planet growing up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, people littering, man, it's terrible. I saw one garbage bag just emptied out across the road the other day. And... Yeah, and, this, and there's this attitude, oh, somebody will clean it up. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, why couldn't that somebody be you? <laughs> exactly. You know, if you would have just tied it up and been responsible, you know, you would have saved work that somebody else now has to do. To make it look make... presentable. Again. Exactly. Um, so that's number three. My number three is SpongeBob. Nice. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. It's so funny because, like, obviously I was six or seven when it came out. So that was one of the real, like, I started paying attention and, like, I could, I could digest everything that I was seeing. 
And the longer the show went on, the less I, like, was into it. Like, the newer episodes, things like that. It's kind of weird. But, like, the first few years, probably from 99 to 2003, I loved Spongebob. And, uh, you know, it was silly. It was it was just fun. Just yeah, fun. Spongebob is, is classic. I mean, of course, I, you know, just I love his laugh. I love his shape. Um, and best of all, I love his Krabby Patties. Oh, yeah. Yo, the Krabby Patty. Okay, I love candy. Okay, we're not here to talk about candy, but I mean, we could probably do an episode. And I could just talk about candy for sure. Because <laughs> I'm a sugar holic, I live and function off sugar. People tell me I need to stop, including my mom. Love you, mom, but I love sugar too. So, <laughs> um, but like, Krabby Patties are like talk about top ten. I mean, it's probably a top ten favorite candy. I yeah. mean, because it's just like, yo, those gummies. Man. It's like there's a, there's a, there's a debate. Like, do you do you like layer it? Do you eat like the bun and then the patty and then like the lettuce and tomato, or do you like eat it as a whole? Right. I do that. <laughs> I eat it as a whole. Yeah, that's that's what I do too. Yeah, I get the complete sandwich. Um, but yeah, SpongeBob, that was a classic. I always loved the holiday specials, like the Christmas yeah. ones and yeah. the Halloween ones. Those, you know, just nostalgic for me. Like you'd be on Christmas break, winter break. Halloween, fall, and you just you experience all those things through the eyes of SpongeBob, and it was nice. Um, what's your number two? Number two, okay. This was part cartoon and then also like part like live. Sure. So I had to kind of put this in there because it's a big deal for me growing up. And these did have figurines. Um, these did. I think they had a movie too. They had a video game, and. Totally into it. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Power Rangers, yeah. Yes. I mean, wow. Like, I'm trying to think. I had to do it at one point. Yeah, I, I know I did it at one point when I was a kid. And I might have to bring that back. Like, where you go Halloween, you just pick, like, six of your favorite people. And you just all are a different Power Ranger. And you just, it's just, it was just. That's the, fun. The color, the graphics, the speed. The variety, the figurines, the games. It, the bad it was guys. just the bad guys were amazing. Um, Rita, the witch, like had has to be one of the best villains ever. Um, the entrance of the Green Ranger, how you know he was good and turned in, you know was bad and then turned into good, and there was like a five part series on it, and then he became a White Ranger, and then it was just um, it only lasted a few years. They say like it started early '93 and then. 95 just see it seemed longer maybe there's just different yeah. versions of it but like i we thought it was just, about the original the original yeah. yeah it was just it was just dope and i just remember that i that you talk about particular episodes that green with evil the five-part series i was hooked like when one ended i'm like you know i just wanted time to stop and then let's do this all over again because it's just it, it was just it was an amazing um thriller of like how they you know, somebody who was one of them was evil, and they had to kind of like bring them back to good. And it, it was just, it was, it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, I love, I love those redemption stories, man. Those are the best. Um, did Did you see the newer movie that came out like three, four years ago? I have, I have not surprisingly, but um, tell me about it. Was it was a really good one to see? I'm not like a big Power Rangers guy. Like okay. I never, you know, I couldn't relate to it. My older brother liked it more than okay. I did, but I, we went to see the movie. And for somebody who, like, didn't care, I loved it. I really enjoyed the Power Rangers movie that came out. 
with uh, like Elizabeth Banks was in it. Brian Cranston was the voice of Zod. Okay. And what's his name? Yeah. Zod. Zod. Yeah, because yeah. he was kind of like the one where they had to report to and just kind of like you know get a you know it's almost like Central Intelligence kind of get like an idea of like what's going on. Right. Yeah. And that was a cool movie. Um, it didn't really like there were no connections to the uh, original. Like they were all new kids. I don't think there were any of the characters or any of the actors from the original. Oh, no, no. I think they long moved on, but yeah. It was a fun movie. You know, a standalone, it was pretty decent. Um, we went to see that in the theaters. Yeah, definitely. My brothers and I. Definitely. We'll have to, you know, some downtime, see if it's on Netflix and watch that on my next plane flight. Yeah, because that's, that's the fun one. Um, my number two was The Simpsons. Okay, cool. And... Now tell me your experience with The Simpsons. I just remember being a young child, like four years old, seeing episodes of The Simpsons and being like, "It's fun. They're like they're yellow and they're bright in colors and like the whole color scheme. I loved it. It was very animated. Of course, some of the humor was a little more like advanced for my age. Sure, but um, it was just fun. Loved Bart. Loved Homer. I loved Homer. I just Homer's the man. He did was so entertaining. Um, my I loved the Treehouse of Horror episodes, the Halloween ones that would come yeah. every year. Those were just the best. I I would love to see just like I would marathon all of those, you know, from one to thirty or however many they have now. But my all time favorite episode of The Simpsons was Homer's Enemy, where Frank Grimes, the guy who's like all straight laced and his entire life was terrible and he uh, comes to work at the power plant, sees Homer living his life and he's like You've been to space. You've met politicians. You've done all these incredible things, and you're an elf. You're an idiot. And he just like goes crazy, and he's like, "I'm Homer Simpson," and he uh, electrocutes himself, killing himself. And by the end of it, Homer's just like falling asleep at his funeral, and they're like, "That's our Homer." And it's it's one of, like it's a kind of dark episode, but I just I found it to be so silly, and and I I resonated with the Frank Grimes character because I feel like. I don't know. I, I see that sometimes. You know, you see that in life, just people skate by easily and you have to work for what you have and even then sometimes it's not enough. It can be frustrating, but, you know, for a cartoon, I just, I really enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely, my man. And that's one of those episodes that I, I hook everybody onto it. I'm like, if you haven't seen The Simpsons, watch this. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, just anyone in the last 30 years is good. I mean, there's really... You know, it's like you'll always find something to enjoy with every episode. Yeah, there's always a good laugh in there. Um, here we are, number one. Number one. All time, number one favorite cartoon. All time, number one favorite, lasting through the course of time is none other than the Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes. Because the thing with the Looney Tunes is there's really like. I guess Bugs Bunny is the central character, right? But, like, it's such a family of characters. And they kind of have their own, like, sub-story. So you have Bugs Bunny. And then there's Daffy Duck. And then there's Porky Pig. And then there's Elmer Fudd. And then there's Sylvester. And then there's Tweety. And then there's the Tasmanian Devil. And then there's Roadrunner. And they kind of all have their sub-stories, but they're, like, all together. Right. So it's kind of what, what, what made that cool for me growing up was because, like, at any particular episode, you could be focusing on... A certain particular character and a certain circular circumstance, 
and um, you know that 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 was just kind of always kind of cool to see you know what was what was going to come. So I enjoy just the variety in yeah. that, and and it, it kind of it just kind of lasts the course of time. I just remember you know of course those the, those characters came to life for me because like once I kind of like intersected from that childhood into middle school. You know, that's when Space Jam came out. Yes. And the Looney Tunes were obviously big on that. So it was kind of like two worlds collided for me. My sports world and my cartoon world kind of came together in like a perfect storm. And that and that just kind of leaves that there for me, you know. Um, Marvin the Martian, too, not to mention his his cool act. And so, and and the rooster and, 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 and others. And so it was just so, it was just so cool. So I just remember like, I wouldn't say a particular episode, but just something that like stood out to me was um, one thing I love to do is like a hobby is I love to swim. You know, I love water. So, yes. you know, more whether it's pool, whether it's a lake, pond, ocean, beach, you just name it, I'm there. Um, and, you know, being from upstate New York where we do have the four seasons, but unfortunately the shortest one is like warm time. You know, when you get to swim, you love it. And I just remember as a kid... Um, you know, like pool time was like a great time. We used to play these games where like you'd have um, you'd have like Looney Tunes characters and they'd be attached to like these different like almost like these uh, game squares or whatever. And you'd throw them in the swimming pool and they'd flip the Looney Tune character upside down and land in the pool. So it's kind of like a mystery to see like which one of those particular game pieces was which character. And each character have a different point value. So if you had like Daffy, you'd get 30. If you had like Taz, you'd get like 40. If you had Bugs, you'd get 50. If you get Tweety, you get 60. So like, you know, part of like challenge when you're a kid, I tell kids, you know, swimming is like a, a gradual, you start in a little end, you work your way up, and then eventually, you know, you want to be a submarine and you want to be underwater. Yeah. So once I got to like fourth or fifth grade, you know, I was comfortable swimming underwater. So it was that challenge of like, take a deep breath and like go under the water and try to like get one of these Looney Tune characters in pieces. So it was just kind of cool. It was almost like a collectible. Like I said, I always loved figurines, but that was kind of like my like big toy as a kid that I always used to re remember. You know, one of my grandmother's best friends, you know, we used to be blessed to go to her pool and we'd play this game for hours. And uh, it was just really cool and something that always stays with me. Hell yeah. Um, I loved Space Jam, you know, as a kid. I just, I remember I'd watch it all the time uh i always thought it was longer it's really not that long of a film like you know i watched it recently and it kind of it kind of goes quick it, exactly and and supposedly there's a space jam coming next year with lebron with lebron yeah you know like i said rest in peace kobe Bryant is one of our favorites all time just not as a player but just a person but like i wish if there's anything like i could have wished would have happened there could have been like a trilogy like in 96 when space jam came out 1996 yeah. with michael jordan like, imagine if you had Kobe Bryant in 2006. 2000. Yeah. Like, just say you did 10-year intervals. Because I think Kobe Bryant was, like, in his physical prime in 2006. Right. If you had the time, you know, at, at that time, the Lakers were kind of on their down year. So, like, he, you know, that would have been a good time to make a movie because, like, your team is not very good right now. So, you have more time. You're not in the playoffs. So, like, shoot for that. And um, then did a the third one with LeBron in 2016. Yo. Yeah. Like every ten years, you just take the NBA superstar of the era and like make a Space, Space Jam. Jam film, and just I mean, people are so creative. I mean, you're gonna find a way to make this thing work. I yeah. just think would have been cool because every era would have been served with like their favorite athlete and an all-time favorite cartoon. 
It's true. And there, something would have come of it. Um, but I know, I remember when their first time about Space Jam 2 with LeBron, like 10 years ago almost. Yeah, it's crazy. Goodness. And I'm like, I guess, ago. like, supposedly it's going to come out next year, but it's, it seems like a 25-year gap from, like, an original to a sequel just feels weird. Especially for a kid's film. Exactly, because you're dealing with two different eras. Like, you're dealing with, you know, kids in 96... Versus kids in 2021, completely just, different. It's just different. But I think it's a great device for like parents to take their kids and be like, this is what I saw. Yeah, so yeah, that's the silver lining in it. You, you could make that kind of run like, you know, kids in the mid-90s, are, most of them are parents now. Yeah, I'd say so. And so, yeah, it'd be a cool family event. Yeah, like a full circle. Exactly, and like I said... I went to, like I mentioned earlier in the show, like I went to see Sonic the Hedgehog and that, that thing was packed out. Imagine if you have Space Jam with the Looney Tunes and, oh, yeah. you know, like that, that franchise with NBA, LeBron. like the, with LeBron, yeah. like you're going to fill, you're going to fill a movie theater all across the country. Exactly. So get to it, uh, Warner Brothers. Get to it. Make it happen now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you need me and Greg to be side actors, we'll gladly do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love acting. I've actually been in quite a few things. Nice. Yeah. Um, and number one for me was Rugrats. Rugrats. Wow. Tell me, tell me about favorite. what made that your favorite. So, as a kid, um, you know, I remember being like, wow, do you think babies can talk? And, like, I was around babies enough, I knew they couldn't talk. But but to see it on the TV was so entertaining. And, and they, they made, like, a hundred episodes or whatever. You know, so there was always enough um, variety of story. And the, the adult characters were always funny, um, getting into their own stuff. And, you know, sometimes the adult characters would be more childish than the babies. You know, like, what's going on? But um, just the dynamic, every character was different. Tommy was the brave leader. Chucky was, like, the kid terrified of his own shadow. Angelica was, like, the mean bully, but, you know, she would take charge, too, if she could. Um, Susie was, like, the voice of virtue. And Phil and Lil are like the comic relief. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just... There are so many great episodes. Um, of course, there's... The one I really liked was uh, Stu Gets a Job, where he uh, quits making toys and he works at this lard factory, consolidated lard, and the kids like don't want him to go to work, so they steal his clothes and they mess him up. They put honey in his shampoo and all kinds of stuff, but... Um, that's a classic. That's one of those shows that I get so nostalgic for it. We went to see the first two movies in the theater with my parents. Those are some nice memories. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely a great one. But, yeah, all-time favorite growing up as a kid. Regrets. Uh, so that brings us to the end of our list. Uh, we're 75 minutes in, so we had a really good run. This was great. I really enjoyed being here. This was really enjoyable and you know made me think and you know kind of retract and talk about nostalgia i mean you know just blessed to have a great childhood sometimes i you know even as an adult when you go through some times you're kind of wondering where you're at in your life you look back to days like this and it just it gives you a lot of hope and joy and said you know i've had a great life and my childhood was awesome and look back at some of these cartoons that kind of got me through that stage of my life and inspired me encouraged me um made me laugh, made me cry, made me just, you know, 
part of who I am today. It's just uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's nothing like nostalgia, but, you know, I feel like nostalgia helps you move into the next step and take the next step and move forward with your life. That's exactly it. It's nice because you can always go back to those places you had as a kid. And, you know, whether it's on Hulu and you can like watch reruns or just in your heart and your brain, your memory, and it'll always be there with you. Exactly that. Exactly that, my friend. Um, so, Daryl, uh, can people find you? Sure thing. Um, I'm very active on social media. I don't post as much right now. I'm going to be posting again soon, but like I, I am attentive and. Um, you know, I'm very much, you know, you follow me, I'll follow you. I love to meet new people. And, um, you know, I can be found on, uh, I'd say, probably the best places to find me. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Daryl Keith Jackson II, um, Instagram, um, at PIC, P-I-C-D, Jax, J-A-C-K-S, um, Snapchat, Snap, at D-Jax, and Twitter, um, Tweet with D-Jax, so... My middle, my nickname for a lot of years was DJX, so you're kind of catching the theme here. So whatever social media platform you prefer to use, you can find me there, and I'd love to connect with you and talk more. Excellent. Check this guy out. He's awesome. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we'll have you on again sometime, if you'd like. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the regular show. We will see you next week. See Crest out. <laughs>